You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. It's my responsibility this morning to speak on Acts chapter 2, just the last few verses of Acts chapter 2 from 42 to the end this morning and to share under the heading of Heaven's Community. Do you know it was exciting there this morning, wasn't it? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, shame, shame. God steps in. God just steps in and alters the program yeah. you know, and, and moves by his power. Amen. And we just say, Lord, have your way amongst us this yeah. morning. So a few verses together. So 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miracles and signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They brought bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. May God bless the reading of his own precious word this morning. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Devoted, of course, just means to be steadfast to be single-minded, to be earnest towards something, to persist or to persevere, to be focused on almost, almost exclusively with one's thoughts, time and energy. I was saying recently at one of, I think it was one of the SLT meetings, you know, um, and it's just me, but I, I celebrate insomnia because when I can't sleep, I just go to God in prayer. Thankfully, Evelyn, I don't know if she hears me much, but um, I have some great times during the night watches, just talking to the Lord, and I have some tremendous times. Mind you, I'm exhausted the next day. <laughs> and Evelyn will see me dozing off in the chair, but I've had a great time with the Lord throughout the night. And I see that as part of, you know, something that, that is in me, that God has created within me, to use that opportunity to go to God. Mm. You know, nothing is wasted in, in God's economy. Mm. I just go to God, whether I'm sleeping or waking. Evelyn says I have some real battles at night with, she said, I don't know what you were fighting last night, but you were, you were swinging your arms and you were uh, arguing with something or someone. I don't know what it was, but... I just want to be open to God for him to use me yeah. in whatsoever way he sees fit. Mm. So it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So who were they? Well, the answer is fairly simple. And we've heard it through the last couple of addresses. There was 3,000 folk got saved. Isn't that great news? Mm. And if you've prayed that prayer this morning that Graham was helping and encouraging us to do, 
then you're saved this morning. You're Amen. crossed over from death to life. Yeah. You're a new creature. God's word says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yeah, the old things have passed Amen. away, and behold, all things have become new. I knew it, and when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus at 93 Corby Hall, down in Bones, down in the town. When I got up for the my first bus out of Bones was five past five in the morning. So I would be up at half past four every morning to catch the bus at five past five to start work at Falkirk at six o'clock in the morning. When I had prayed that prayer, just like Graham had encouraged us there earlier on, I knew, but I knew but I knew that I was born again. Amen. I knew I was a new creature in Christ. When I went out the door that day and went to work, something had happened in my experience yeah. and life yeah. that saw me, I knew that Jesus had changed my life. That's great. Uh, we used to sing out hymn, and I'll never remember it now. You know, it talked about, uh, since I know, as now I know, I am his, and he is mine. That much of that song I can remember. I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord, we used to go around to Derek and Irene's, bless them. I think we were around there more from when they were there. But <laughs> Derek used to get the organ going, and, and he used to, we used to sing that hymn together, didn't we, Derek? And oh, the joy of a heart that has been changed by Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, the joy. It's old-fashioned nowadays. I don't think we would maybe sing it so much here on a Sunday morning, <laughs> and I don't mind that. But you know something, what, whatever you sing or whatever you say before the Lord, yes. if you've accepted Christ into your life, you're a new creature. Yes. All things have passed away and behold, Amen. all on. things have become new. Amen. There's joy in your heart this morning. If you've prayed that prayer, you, you maybe don't feel anything. <laughs> I remember Eve said to me one time, she says, I came in from work one night. I don't know why I'm talking this, folks. It's just a digression, but... I came in from work one night, I'd been working back shift, and it was 10 o'clock at night, it finished, and everyone was sitting in floods of tears. It's a good job she's at the kids' church. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to tell you stories of the world. But I remember coming in from work that day, and Evelyn's eyes were red. I knew, you know, I've made my wife cry a few times, I've got to confess. She's certainly been crying that evening, and my dinner wasn't ready. <laughs> Didn't you feel I could say, hey, where's the <laughs> But you know what she said to me? She said, uh, three weeks in the trot, the preacher had preached on the lost sheep. And there was an invitation given to, if you want to make Christ your Saviour, your Lord, to repent of your sin, to turn away from your sin and accept Jesus into your life. Then three weeks, a different speaker spoke on the lost sheep and she hadn't responded. So she said to me, I did what you did. She says, I just prayed in the home, but I didn't feel anything, she says. So I thought, God doesn't want me. But as soon as she confessed the Lord Jesus to me, those tears of sadness turned to tears of joy. God's word says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So when Graham said there, you need to tell somebody, that's why he's doing it. Because you need to switch on your faith. Yeah. You need to go and tell somebody, it's good, I've done it. It's good. I've gave my heart to Jesus. And you'll know, but you'll know that you've been born again. So the 3,000 who were saved were in the school of heaven's community. That's what I've done this morning.
It has been said that the Gospel of Luke is all about all that Jesus began to do and teach. The Acts of the Apostles is all about what Jesus continued to do and teach after his suffering. After his suffering. Jesus is alive. Isn't that great news? Jesus is alive. He is still at work today. He could say, my father is always at work and I am working too. His story is not just a story of the past, but a story of today. It's an ongoing story. And your story and my story is an ongoing story when we commit our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. In our passage we find 3,120, which includes the 120 that were gathered in the upper room at that time, to find the way forward for heaven's community. They met together in this passage. We said this earlier, I think, in my prayer, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. You're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's family. We are a privileged people this morning. We are are a child of God. I was so glad we sung that song this morning. I am a child of God. So heaven's community were devoted to four things. I'm going to group three and four together just for the sake of time this morning. But the first one that they devoted themselves to was the apostles' doctrine or teaching. This was a culmination of three and a half years walking, talking, camping out with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great thing when the guys get the tent out and go camping. I haven't done that for a lot of years. I don't know if I could cope with it these days, hard grounds and sleep on rocks and finding something under your hip that you're not very comfortable with <laughs> and then trying to shove the person next to you over a wee bit. I recall when I was younger I used to go fishing trips, but to be honest with you, I think they were more uh, drinking trips than fishing <laughs> in, the, in the bad old days, but I remember one occasion I, I ended up, it was the days before sewn on ground sheets, and I remember up lying outside the tent looking up at the stars in heaven and thinking, I should really be inside the tent. <laughs> we actually pitched the tent on a slope and gradually through the night, I think I moved out of the tent and then we were raising up into the sky. It's a great thing when guys get together um, and it must have been tremendous fun when the guys went with the Lord Jesus Christ. I know there was really heavy um, stuff that was going on as well, but I'm sure they had some great times together as they spent quality time. You know what it's like as guys get together? It's crazy. <laughs> These rough and ready guys, warts and all, followed Jesus and became disciples. Mm. Peter, like many, found Jesus sometimes hard to grasp at times. He did get it right, though, to his credit. I remember uh, in one of the passages I read just recently in Luke chapter 9, remember Jesus was asking, who do men say that I am? And who who was it that came up with the right answer? It's always great when you give the right answer. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus commends Peter um, for his good words, his good confession that he made. You haven't got this, you've received it from my Father in heaven. It must have thrilled the Lord Jesus Christ to hear one of his disciples 
at last catching on to something of what was going on in his ministry. He talks about in the same gospel, in the same book, Luke chapter 9, eight days after this, Jesus appeared, his appearance changed, his clothes bright as a flash of lightning, and Moses and Elijah appeared. And I was talking to Len just recently, he must have introduced them. Uh, Peter, James, and let me introduce you to two guests. This is Moses and this is Elijah. Wow, what a time that must have been. And Jesus, this is the interesting part here from that passage. Jesus spoke of his departure. There was nothing accidental about what happened with our Lord Jesus Christ. He spoke of his departure. It was interesting and it's a different message. And, and we haven't got time to go into it this morning, but it's interesting that Jesus had Moses there, yeah. and he had the prophet there. Mm-hmm. And when you go to Luke 24, and you see that um, Jesus, it's explained the two in Emmaus Road, expounds from the scriptures, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And their hearts start to burn. Yeah. I've never seen that before! And God just opens something up. You know, it happens for you and I as we open up his word and we say, Lord, I've read this a thousand times, but I'm seeing something different here today. Because God, by the Holy Spirit, is illuminating the written word and bringing it to you and to I. Jesus spoke of his departure. This is another message. The word means exodus, and that's another message for another day. Peter and the others were dozy. I'm sometimes a bit dozy sometimes as well. And then you always catch on to what the Lord's trying to tell me. And then Peter had one of his good ideas. He decided, he said, well, why don't we make three tents, three shelters um, for each person? You know, sometimes we, we give Peter a hard time, don't we? We say, oh, Peter, behave yourself. But would we have done any better? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The thrilling news that after Pentecost, we see a different Peter. A spirit-filled Peter. How much we need the Holy Spirit yes. in our lives, in each of our lives. God deliver us from our own good ideas and launch us into God-anointed, God-appointed initiatives full of his glory and his power. Oh, God, do this more and more as we seek to go on with you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. That's his promise to you and to me this morning. It's a wonderful thing to witness when God takes a man or a woman, saves their precious soul, and fills them with the Holy Spirit, and then sets them free to minister in his world. There were six aspects of Jesus that grip Peter. I'm not going to preach on this, but it's just worthwhile to touch on what Peter spoke about. Remember, the apostles' doctrine is hot off the press. They're still living it. Yeah. They're still living this stuff. Mm-hmm. But really, if you bring it down to a nutshell, it's all about Jesus. Amen. What's yeah, the apostles' exactly. doctrine? Jesus. Yeah. What's what is it? Um, the disciples learned over the three and a half years. What Jesus could do, and then they were to they were to take that model, and then apply it to their own lives. Sometimes we can overcomplicate things. Yeah. Sometimes we can try and we tie ourselves in knots, trying to understand 
you know, what's the best thing, what's the best way forward here? But at the end of the day, if we've got Jesus, we've got everything that we need. Six things. Peter says he was a man divinely attested by miracles, signs, and wonder. There's a mystery in here. The God-man. Mm. The scripture says that and he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every Amen. knee should bow and every tongue yes. confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. He was the God-man. He was put to death, Peter says, by wicked hands, though according to God's great master plan. He was raised from the dead, thirdly, as the prophets foretold and the apostles witnessed. Fourthly, he was exalted to the right hand of God and poured out the Holy Spirit, which we saw in Acts chapter 2. Fifthly, he, he, gives, he now gives forgiveness and the Holy Spirit to all who will believe and are baptized. So if you've accepted Jesus into your life this morning, you're, you're, you, you can receive the Holy Spirit in your life. The yeah. baptism in the, of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then lastly and sixthly, Peter is taken up. He says, he now, Jesus now adds them to his new heavenly community. Yeah. So there we come to the crux. What happens then when you, when you get saved? Well, they set up the college here to teach them the way forward. See, once you get saved, it's only the start. We've got to move on in God. We're going to move forward in God. What does God have for me? It might be different for you, but God has a plan for your life. Yeah. And he wants to unfold that plan. And I'm so thrilled here that in God's word, he has given us the framework for us to go forward in the things of God. So there what we looked at, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. And it's really, in a nutshell, all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. You'll not go far wrong if you focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then um, the second thing was the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. The Greek word is koinonia, from koinos or common, what we share together. John could say in 1 John 1, 3, And our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So the model we find is Trinitarian, through God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus' high priestly prayer for all believers, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. The word for fellowship would later be used by the Apostle Paul when organising collections for the poor. And the word in this instance would be translated generous. Thus, the heavenly community were being trained not only to continue steadfastly in proclaiming Christ, but they were to be generous in their fellowship. Mm. They were to have big arms. 
they were to be able to reach out to the community, reach out to one another in love, reaching out to one another with God's grace. Mm -hmm. And it says here they gave to they gave to anyone. Now there's a there's a word. Mm -hmm. They gave to anyone as he had need. Isn't that tremendous? We've been looking at the leadership team um, together, how we, had, we, we need to set up um, a fund for the poor. Mm. What was it used to call it? Local needs, was it? Years ago, we had a local poor needs fund, fund. Poor fund. The poor fund. Mm. And my goodness, nowadays, when you look at food banks and, mm. and how suddenly, like the Thomas Cook thing that just happened just a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. an institution that was set up, and suddenly pilots and staff and people in the, in the, the shops have no job. Mm -hmm. They've suddenly come into difficulty. Right. And how much we need to be able to, as a fellowship, to be able to extend help to people who have suddenly been thrust into poverty. It's a real thing, folks. We kind of turn our backs yeah. on these issues. They're very real. Right. It could happen to any one of us here this morning. Yeah. Yeah. They gave to anyone as he had need. They sold estate, they sold valuables, etc., to raise the funding. In other words, this fellowship was love in action. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to the fellowship, and then third and fourth, I'm going to say, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The church here, when we look at this chapter, these few verses in chapter 2, was deemed to be both formal and informal, or structured and unstructured. I loved it this morning when the service took on an unstructured pattern. Yeah. You know, it's lovely when God shows up mm -hmm. and you say, well, you would want to do it this way, but sorry, but Holy Spirit's saying, let's go this way. Mm -hmm. And he does that when we open ourselves up to God yeah, to say, Lord, absolutely. just yeah. come amongst us, just... We have done, we have said, we have been what we feel you know, you've shown us this morning. But if you've got another plan, mm. then we need to step aside and allow the Holy Spirit to come and do what he wants to do. It says in verse um, 46, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The heavenly community were encouraged to take the church to the people each day. Yeah. They were to be patient with the traditional and structured person. And we've got a few of them, and I guess I'm a bit like that, traditional. This is not the way to be. <laughs> I trust I'm not that traditional. But <laughs> we have got our traditions, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a two things, there are two aspects to church life. There's traditional stuff. And there's unstructures of untraditional, un is that the right word? But God is comfortable in both. Mm. And we need to be careful that we don't get too go too far down the one side or too far yeah, that's right. down the that's other. Good. That's good, yeah. They were to be patient with the traditional structured person. Jesus, remember Jesus himself used to use such language and would say, You have heard, but I'm saying this to you. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Jesus said, you've heard this, but I'm telling you that. Yeah. So we have to be ready. Lord, I'm very structured in the way that I like things done. But also, you've heard that, 
But here's what I'm going to tell you. There's something else that you need to remember. And you need to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong, wrong with tradition and structure. We need it, folks. It's the rails that we run on. We need them. But with that, we need to be flexible and open to God when he um, asks us to do something different from the norm. The community will also to supplement the traditional with informal and exuberant home meetings. Are you excited about the home groups? I am. There's a few, there's a few. Are you excited about the home groups? Yes, <laughs> Where God can come in a different way yeah. from the traditional setting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trusting that God's going to use you and I to reach out to people in our communities who, for many, it's a big problem stepping over the threshold of a church door. You think, oh, it's not a problem. I've done it for years. Well, you try being somebody that has never been through a church door. That's a big problem. But if it's somebody that's two doors up for you, you say, you fancy coming for a coffee? Or you've been talking to him about spiritual things, and we say, we're going to have a group, you know, next Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it's going to be. How would you like to come? We've got a couple of questions we want to go through together. It might answer some of the stuff that you've been wondering about over the years. Formal and informal worship was described as flowing from glad and sincere hearts. Their worship times were filled with awe, because God's word said that the many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. My, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. If your neighbour for two doors up, who's got a physical problem, or something wrong, comes into the prayer meeting, you say, do you mind if we pray for you? Mm-hmm. We're just going to lay hands on you and just say, God, take this problem away. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Done. And then you go, hey, that pain's away from my back. Mm-hmm. My knee's fine. What happened? So you can understand why God's word said they were in awe of what had been happening yeah. with the apostles. Because it, it, just the same thing, when, when God approved the Lord Jesus, remember that we, we talked about by many miracles and signs and wonders. Mm. When Jesus went around, he was healing the sick, raising the dead, the blind received the eyes. Remember when John sent a word to him and said, you the one that's to come, or should we look for another? And Jesus says, tell John. Tell John. And I believe the old friends, even in the context of our homes and the home groups, and here as we prayed together this morning, things change. Yes. God's word says, God's word, his prayer, the prayers will change. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yeah, we don't know how it works. We are not the custodians of how it works. But God says we have to pray for one another. Yeah. And as we pray, God steps in and he does the miracle. Mm-hmm. He does the transforming change that needs to take place in men and women and boys and girls' lives. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Every worship service should be a joyful celebration of the mighty acts of God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It should be dignified, but never dull. It should be joyful, but never irreverent. We've got to, we've got to be careful here. There's a balance in everything. 
This heavenly community were being to, trained to discern that God is in the house. Be ready. Amen. It was a bit like this morning, and I, I, I don't want to go too many times back on this, but when Tom obviously discerned that God was moving in the house, what do you do? Do you carry on with the program? Or do you obey the voice of the Holy Spirit? Mm. And I think pastor says, God's doing something here. And sometimes we see it through a, dark, a glass darkly, we're not quite seeing just exactly the full picture, but yeah. by faith, we have to say, God, you want to do something here, so it's my job to stop and say, here's an opportunity, yes. God, yeah. move, you do your work, mm -hmm. your way. And so this heavenly community, as they were meeting together, were being trained to discern what God is doing. God is in this, and we need to go where God is, what God is saying to us. Go with what He is saying in His Word. Expect the unexpected. God to show up. Remember, they went to the temple, and this was fascinating. They could have turned their back in the temple. Oh, that's old hat now. The old traditional stuff. We're not going to go there anymore. But no, they went to the temple, and they had fellowship in homes. So God was still saying to them, didn't neglect the structured part. Didn't forget the structured part of, of church. You know, if God's saying to you, I want you to go to that place, then, you know, it's our business to go. We need to connect with people. And if God's saying to us, you need to go to this place, then we, we need to go there because God's got to work for us. We can't neglect that and say, oh, I'm in the house groups now. I didn't bother about the formal part anymore. I'm just in the house because I like them that much. I'm very really fancy the traditional. But no, God wants to engage us to engage in both. Yeah. Because absolutely. God's got a work for that's you good. and for me. We need to connect with people, folks. Yeah. We need to get alongside folk. It's yes. more important for us. That, it's more important for me to get alongside people than my own traditions yeah. and my own ideas and my own thoughts. Oh, I don't do this, I don't do that. If God's saying to you, and I, I don't know if I like to hear myself saying this, but if God says to you, you have to go to the pub, you know, and years ago that would have been frowned on in a fellowship. What? You were at the pub? Drummed out. <laughs> but if God's saying to you, I've got somebody in there who are really struggling, yeah. I'll tell you what, I can remember this, that some of the most deep and profound spiritual discussions that I've ever had have been in the pub. Or beside the guys at the workshop, we used to sit and have a piece in the workshop. And when I became a Christian at the workshop, some of the names that used to call me was horrendous. And you, if you went to the toilet, you would see some of the names that the guys had written in the toilet walls were black ink markers. But, but some of the, being honest about it, some of the most profound conversations that took place were actually in the workplace, mm -hmm. in that kind of formal environment. Mm -hmm. God was speaking into lives. The heavenly community had um, a positive impact. And what was it? They attracted men and women to Christ. There was a magnetism that was going on there as they preached Christ, as they proclaimed the Lord Jesus Christ, as they met together in fellowship and shared what God had given to them, that, that, that sharing time they had, which was very, very generous. As they broke bread together, um, they had, there was this magnetism that took place. 
Their zeal and brotherly love was contagious, and a, and a heavenly, healthy community church will grow in numbers. Yes. Can I just say that again? Mm-hmm. A heavenly, healthy community church will grow in numbers. Why? There's a magnetism. Something's going on in there and I want to see where it is. Or, God's touched me at the house group. I wonder what happens at Stuart Avenue. I'll maybe go there on the Sunday. God is moving by his spirit. And there's an attraction, there's a magnetism that happens. So the last verse says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Friends, this risen, ascended, glorified Christ that we've been worshipping and praising this morning cannot be stopped. Amen. He cannot be stopped. The devil tried to kill him on the cross, but the grave couldn't hold him. Jesus, Jesus, for up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor over the dark domain and he lives for forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose this morning. You've got a living Jesus. He's not going away. The prophetic word was reminding us this morning that God hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't forsaken us. We are a child of God as such. He said, I've got you in the hollow of my hand. I know every hair, some of us have got less than others, but he says, I know every hair in your head. I've got them counted. If the sparrow falls from the sky, then God knows everything about it. And he knows everything about your experience and your life. However dark it has been, whatever problems have come across your path, God says, I haven't abandoned you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never will you know that my presence is not there with you every second of every day. And And I'll tell you what, folks, I've made a few howlers in my time. I've made a few mistakes. I cannot turn the clock back. But I'm going forward. Yes. Forgetting those things which are past mm-hmm. and straining yes. forward yes. to that which lies ahead. I press towards the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. I cannot do anything with the past, but there's a whole blank sheet in front called life. Jesus. And I want to be part of that. I want to be part of this community church this morning, oh, yeah. Yeah. touching lives in a formal way touching lives in an informal way, Mm -hmm. trusting wholly and solely on God to take us forward as a a church here at Riverview where we can see men and women whose lives are being uh, transformed and changed. Yes, it was Jesus that did it. He added. He added. And he'll add again. He'll keep adding. He, He never stops working. Jesus is still working. He's still touching lives this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Apostles' Doctrine. I'm trying to finish up here. Apostles' Doctrine. Fellowship, breaking bread, prayer. The heavenly community of believers praising God, enjoying the favour of all the people. Church is so much fun, folks. Church is so much fun. They fulfilled their part, yes. Hebrews 7.24 says, But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost 
all who come to God through him, but because he always lives to intercede them. He is going nowhere. He is the risen, ascended, glorified Lord. He loves our community. He loved that community. He loves this community. And he does it through you and me. Interestingly, and I'm going to finish here, two chapters later in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But many heard the message, sorry, many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew. Didn't they talk about the women, unfortunately, at that point? The number of the men grew to about 5,000. Hey? 5,000? Wait a minute, how long was chapter 2 to chapter 4? <laughs> 3,120 because they were obedient to the, the, the school that the, the, the college that they were being taught in the number went from 3,000 to 5,000 and what were we doing with them Tom? <laughs> God added to the church yeah. daily such as were to be saved they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the fellowship the breaking of bread and to prayer. Mm. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. May God bless his word this morning. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you that you love the community. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for this church. Thank you, Father, that you, you want us to preach, to continue steadfastly in the work of God and the Apostles' Doctrine, which is really proclaiming Christ. Lord, will you anoint us afresh this morning? Will you come, Holy Spirit, anoint us once, particularly about Jesus? Thank you for what we've heard earlier on. Thank you for that prayer that was said of invitation of asking Christ to come into our life. Father, should there be any here this morning who have made that decision, and we just pray that you'll fan into flame, Lord, yes, Lord, the life of Christ in that life for our lives, Lord, that have made that decision this morning and help us to be a community, a heavenly community in this town of Bones and within this region that your kingdom would be extended in the name of Jesus.